Thanks for checking out this message from Spring Mountain. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, swimmountcf.co.uk. Or join us every Sunday from 11am at Abbey Road in Barrow and Furness. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, then please email prayer at springmountcf.co.uk. Wonderful. Well, good morning. It's uh, great to be here in the Salt House Pavilion. I think my actual, not my first time in here, but I think this is my first time speaking on a Sunday morning. Uh, and it's just a great, great facility and, and wonderful to worship God together in this place. Uh, and also to look out and see quite a few faces I've never seen before. Uh, and so if this is the first time you're looking out this way and you've not seen my face, I better tell you who I am and a little bit about myself. My name's Mark, uh, married to Alison. We've been married almost 35 years. Uh, and, uh, uh, and we have uh, two daughters, Charlotte and Emily, and we have three granddaughters, uh, Esme, Isla, and Isabella, who's two today. So when you were singing to Isabella, you were singing to my granddaughter. So thank you very much. And uh, we, we lead a, a movement of churches called Passion for Jesus, or PFJ for short. So we have around about 200 churches connected to us globally. And we have a vision to see 100 churches planted in the United Kingdom to see 10,000 leaders trained, and to see a million people saved around the world. And we believe the words of that song that we've just been singing. There is no name that is more powerful than the name of Jesus. So this, uh, this last year has seen me going quite a bit to Ukraine. Uh, I'm there in a few weeks' time, be my fourth trip to Ukraine this year. And we visit a, a village whilst we're there and uh, has a, a Russian name I can't pronounce, so I'm not going to try. And uh, it's a very, very poor village. In actual fact, one of the poorest places that I've seen any, anywhere in the world. And, you know, travelled into Africa and Asia and places like that. Incredibly poor village. And when you Think of the fact that a Ukrainian winter is minus 20 uh, and you're living in a house that's no proper walls, no proper roof on. You know life is grim, you know life is desperate. And so many people in those villages, they give themselves uh, to drinking. And so most of them try and drink themselves into oblivion because it's the only way to escape the pain that they're feeling in life. Uh, and myself and a young guy who works with me, Ben, we went into this village. We had a, a meeting in, so, uh, in a house there, uh, and the room was full of people who were struggling with life and struggling with alcohol-related issues. And there was one guy by the name of Sasha, and as we started to talk about the wonderful name of Jesus, this hardened alcoholic was sat there with tears just flowing down his face. At the end of uh, sharing our message with him, he responded 
uh, to the message. He said uh, he wanted to give his life to Jesus and for Jesus to do something with his life. We prayed with him uh, and we prayed that in the name of Jesus he might be set free from his alcoholism. Since that day to this current day, he's not touched alcohol again in his life. You see, there is no name more powerful than the name of Jesus. There was a, a young woman in that room by the name of Galena. She said, will you come back to our house? We went back to her house, desperate house. She had a, a little baby. The baby had been taken off her by the authorities because the authorities said the house was unfit for humans to live in. And so she had a, a baby away in care. She was heartbroken. She had no means to sort anything out. Uh, and we, we didn't also have the wherewithal to sort her out. But again, we know there is no name more powerful than the name of Jesus. And so we said, we'll gladly come to your house. We'll pray a prayer that your situation will turn around. We, Alison and I, were there the other uh, few weeks ago. And uh, Galena was there. And the first thing that I noticed was her baby boy was in her arms. And she was reunited with her baby boy. Her house had been repaired and her life had been turned around. I want to encourage you today. There is no name more powerful than the name of Jesus. And that's why for those of us who've encountered Jesus, we, we think that that name is beautiful. We think that that name is wonderful because what he has done in our, our lives is so precious. So that's a little bit about some of the stuff we've been up to. And I brought our, our newsletter and I'll leave them in the uh, entry and please take one uh, and read it and pray for us. And just uh, whenever you think of Hull City, think of me and pray for PFJ because I'm a Hull City fan. So, three things that I'm going to share. I've got 18 minutes, so that's six minutes on, on each of these things. Three dead simple things out of Galatians 6. I'm keeping to my script this morning. Uh, the, the first verse that I want us to look at, at is verse 1. And it says this, Brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Each one look into yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Let's just pray. Father, I want to thank you this morning for your word. And I thank you, Lord, it is living, it is active, it is powerful. And I pray, Lord, that you might just come and speak into each one of our lives. And I pray, Lord, wherever we're at this morning, that, Lord, your word will resonate in people's hearts and people's lives. And so, Lord, just come and speak. Presence yourself, Lord, even stronger by your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that we might be conscious of you and conscious of you being around us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I, I, I was told many, many years ago that a proper sermon always had three points to it. 
most of my life I, I've spent actually trying to disprove that. Uh, so I, I, I sometimes have 19 points or 7 points or, or whatever, but today I'm doing a three-point sermon. And the first thing that I want us to look at is that right in the heart of God is a heart of restoration. That God is a God who restores people. That no matter where you are in life, you are never too far away from the restoring power of God. No matter how far you feel you have fallen, you can be restored. No matter how deep the, the trouble and the issues that you find yourself in. God has the power to take you out of those issues and to start rebuilding your life and putting you back together. That's why Christianity really is a, a faith that is based on hope. There, there is a hope for you this morning. I, I, I believe for some of us, maybe in life, we feel as though life is hopeless. We feel as though things are, are beginning to hem in on us, beginning to, to grind us down. But I've got good news for you. There is hope. There is a today and there is a tomorrow. And I believe that a tomorrow in the hands of God is a tomorrow that is a bright tomorrow. Scripture says he has plans for each one of us and his plans are to do us good and his plans are to prosper us. And here it says that those who are spiritual should be involved in the work of restoration. You know, I, I, I believe, I'm so glad that, that today in the United Kingdom Christianity is a lot different to how it was many, many years ago. I, I, I'm now reaching a stage where I can cast my mind back over quite a few years. Uh, and I remember the days when Christianity really was miserable. Uh, I can remember where it was all about people looking down their nose at others. All about people judging others if they hadn't got their lives together. But here Paul says, if you think you're spiritual, if you think that maybe you've got a little bit of wisdom, a little bit of understanding, then show your spirituality by restoring those who've got themselves into trouble. And this morning I want to encourage you, every single one of you in this place, that, that if you know God, if you love God, that one of your roles in life is to encourage people, to lift people, to build people, to put people's lives back together. You see, Christianity is not just about God, but Christianity is about people. I, I remember a friend of mine, we were uh, in a church service and there was uh, a guy who was a, uh, we, we would call him a prophet. He was someone who could sometimes hear the voice of God and he would pass on a message to people and he spoke to my friend and he said this, he said, your wallet is full of people. Uh, and I just thought that was a really interesting phrase. He said, your wallet is full of people. I started to think about what is a wallet. A wallet is obviously where we have our money. For most of us, the most precious thing in life to us is the money, is having money, is, or having a bit of plastic where we can spend a little bit of money, something of worth, something of value. 
And in this word that this prophet was bringing, he was just reminding us all that people have worth, people have value. There is not a single person you will ever set your eyes on who does not have worth and value to God. Every single one of us in this room have worth and have value. Jesus wants us in the church to be those who rebuild people's lives who encourage people. I had someone on uh, one of our teams in, in a nation contact me one, one morning and they said, uh, they, basically their message was this, I, I don't like the idea of where I'm going to go because they were going uh, into a really tough environment uh, where people's lives were all over the place. Uh, and they said, I don't know what, what to do. And I just simply said to them, look, I said, go in there and start putting smiles on people's faces. Go, go in there. Don't, don't just go in there and think you're going to solve everything in one moment. But go in there and start to put a smile on someone's face. My eldest daughter is uh, fantastic, our Charlotte, because... When she was a little girl, she used to watch the TV. And if anyone ever smiled on the TV, she would smile back instantly. The only thing is, she's now 31, and she watches the TV. And if someone smiles on the TV, you look across at her, and she's smiling back at them on the TV. Kindness. Gentleness. It says here you restore with gentleness. Gentleness. Patience. Putting a smile on people's face. Let me say this. An appropriate human touch is incredibly powerful as well. Sometimes all people need is maybe a hand on the shoulder. They just need maybe an appropriate hug. They may, maybe need someone ju just squeezing their hand to remind them that they have worth and they have value. I, I heard something really powerful a number of uh, months ago on the radio. and they, they were interviewing a guy who'd been in care. And he said, you know... And, and the whole issue of abuse. And he said, you know, the greatest abuse I experienced when I was in care well, it wasn't any kind of sexual abuse, wasn't any kind of abuse like that. It was the fact that no one would ever sit me on their knee. No one would ever put their arm around me. No one would ever uh, show me any physical affection whatsoever. And I believe that in the church of Jesus Christ, we should be known as those people who are appropriate, that's important, are appropriate in our physical affection, but I believe there should be physical affection. I believe it's part of how God made us and part of that restoring power at work in people's lives. Second thing, that we're going to look at is uh, verse 9 and it says here let us not lose heart in doing good for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary in other words don't give up I, I want to encourage you this morning if you feel like giving up don't give up 
If you want me to, to say that with a little bit more authority, uh, I can most likely say that with a bit more authority on the basis of God's Word that God says do not give up. Don't give up, no matter how you feel today. Says don't grow weary through doing good. It is amazing when you're doing good in people's lives, you can grow weary. Many of you don't know that I'm a person who is a banned man. I'm banned, actually, by Western Union. Western Union will not allow me to send money anywhere in the world. They think I'm busy money laundering. Uh, Because part of our work is we work in the developing world and we send money by Western Union, MoneyGram. Uh, And I'd sent money by Western Union and I got this phone call one day off this guy and he said, uh, he said uh, who's Michael Nambali? I said, oh, I said, I know Michael well. I've, I've stayed in uh, Michael's home. He's a good friend of mine. Who's this? Who's that? Who's the other? Uh, and then they said, you'll not be allowed to use Western Union ever again. Uh, I, 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 said, uh, I said, is that because you think uh, I'm up to something? They said, yes, we think you're most likely up to money, money laundering. <laughs> so I'm a banned man. I, I said to him, I said, I work for a UK registered charity. I said, I can give you all the paperwork. You can see the audit trail. I said, you can see the whole lot. I said, all we're doing is simply trying to do good in people's lives. You know, doing good should be the easiest thing in the world, but sometimes doing good can be the hardest thing in the world. Sometimes doing good, it can wear you down. It can be tiring. It it can mean that at times we put others before ourselves. You know, one, one of the things that I believe we need to reintroduce into the Church of Jesus Christ is the idea of sacrifice. You see, in the whole move, uh, and I'm totally with it, the whole move of recognising the finished work of Jesus and entering into the rest that Jesus has provided. So the church has now developed what I call a soft underbelly. We've been singing about the reckless love of God this morning. It is a love where he will kick the door down to reach each one of us. But I want to challenge us today, and I want to challenge us with this. Are we willing to kick the door down, you know, for the cause of Jesus Christ? Are we willing to go the extra mile for Jesus? Are we willing to lay down every part of our life for the cause of Christ? There is no greater cause on planet Earth to give your life to. No one who is really worthy of the surrender of our lives like Jesus is worthy of the surrender of our lives. One of of my heroes, who I have a lot of respect for, is on our team, is Carla. And I always say this about Carla, she will run through a brick wall for the cause of Jesus Christ. She will give her absolute everything for him. I believe there's a call on each one of us. You see, Jesus isn't interested in just coming and being a little part of our lives. He's interested in the takeover of our lives. He is Lord. 
You know, we cannot make him Lord, he is Lord. That is who he is. He is the ultimate sovereign. He is the ultimate ruler. He has all authority in heaven and on earth. And he is looking for those who will willingly surrender their lives because they've got a glimpse of how much he loves them. You see, when you know that you've been loved, you will love. When you know that someone has your best interests at heart, you will give yourself to that person. And this morning, he loves you with a passion. Uh, and I believe he encourages each one of us to keep going. I was uh, just thinking about the, the Apostle Paul. I, I mean, he's one of my heroes, is the Apostle Paul. I mean, in the book of Acts, he goes into one place, he's almost stoned to death. It's clear, he's clear he's stoned to death. And the next day, he comes back into town. I always say this, why did Paul go back to the place that gave him a load of grief? I mean, it's lunacy, insanity almost. And Paul says these words in 2 Corinthians 11. He says this, he says, I've been on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the cities, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers amongst false brethren. I've been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, to cold and exposure. And apart from these external things, there is the daily pressure on me of concern for all the churches. I'm sure there was the odd morning when the Apostle Paul got up and thought, I don't have the strength to continue. I'm sure there was the odd morning when he thought, I'm all beat up, I'm all washed out, I just feel weak, I feel as though I can't get my get up and go anymore. And yet it says this, that he had discovered that in his weakness, that his strength was made perfect. He discovered that grace was his all-sufficiency for every situation that he faced. And I want to encourage you to keep going. Because when you keep going, there is a harvest awaiting. Sometimes the darkest time is just before the dawn. Sometimes when the pressure is on you the greatest to give up, that is the time to keep going. And wherever you are today, I want to put fresh courage in you, fresh strength in you. You know, New Testament words that we don't hear preached much are words like endurance and perseverance. We hear a lot of talk in the church today about apostolic ministry, but it says this, the signs of a true apostle are signs and wonders and perseverance. And perseverance is a New Testament hallmark. And I believe within each one of us that there is that ability to just keep on going. So this morning, don't give up, keep going. The final thing, and I finish with this, and believe it or not, I will finish in one minute, 32 seconds. (laughs) 
is he talks a little bit later in that passage. I better get the right verse up. In Galatians, Galatians 6. And it's verse 14, he says, But may it never be that I would boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Paul says in another one of his letters, he says the thing of first importance is this, that Christ died, Christ was buried, Christ rose again, and Christ will return. If you want to sum up Christian belief, it is based on those facts. They are historical facts that Jesus came into the world and that he surrendered his life on the cross and he died on the cross and took our place so that we might no longer be judged but judgment might be broken off our lives and we might be reconciled back to the Father. And Paul says this, he says, I'm not going to boast in anything else. Today, our boast is only in Jesus Christ. Our boast is in his finished work. Our boast is in the fact that he laid down his life and that his blood has the power to forgive us and to free us from all sin. And the Father this morning is waiting for each one of us to return home and return to his love and to his embrace. You know, Scripture is full of an unfolding revelation of God, but some things never change. And the things that never change are the things we hold on to. They're the central truths of Christianity, and they're all based around the person of Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our, our faith, the one who started his work in our lives and the one who will finish his work in our lives, the one who will do everything that he has planned to do in each one of our lives. You know, that gives us security personally. It gives us security in the church of Jesus Christ. It's great to know that Spring Mount the future of Spring Mount is secure because what God has started, he will finish. He will take it to completion. He will fulfill the vision. And when the vision is fulfilled, the God that I know is the God who then actually opens up some fresh vision to us. It's God of continual new horizons and new vision. And may God bless you today. May you be those who restore others. May you be those who don't give up but keep going. May you be those whose boast is in the finished work of Jesus Christ, that he was died, he was buried, and he rose again on the third day. That is the triumph of Jesus today. Let us pray. Yeah, Father, I just want to thank you for every single person here. And Lord, I want to pray that you would just take your word, and I pray, Lord, you would drill it deep into our hearts. 
And I pray, Lord, for wherever each of us are at, that you will make that word pertinent and relevant. I pray, Lord, that you will establish your word. I pray, Lord, that we might be those who restore others with gentleness. I pray, Lord, also today, that, Lord, we might be those who encourage one another to just keep on going, to keep on running, to keep on pursuing, to never give up. And, Lord, I pray today that our boast might be in you. And we just thank you for the cross. And we thank you that all we are, Lord, in life is because of the cross. Thank you by the grace of God we are who we are because you died and because you set us free and because, Lord, you rose again and your new life came into us and we're new creations today. And we say thank you, Lord, for that.